Uh, I'm like, that sounds like a Splash Pages thing, Leo. (laughs) (laughs) Check out our sister show, Splash Pages, every Tuesday night on the Dorkening (laughs) Podcast Network. Uh, But for Batman, uh, you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll crank it off and we'll crank through these i i know uh brandon you got a time frame so we'll yeah we're really good at cranking stuff wait what we'll do it we'll do it crank man popeye (laughs) (laughs) the dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18 the following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations graphic violence nudity strong sexual content and graphic language this show is intended for mature audiences only viewer discretion is advised Kids, it's time to check out the Dorkening Podcast Network. With over 30 podcasts that encompass everything from horror to video games to comic books, and so much more, you're bound to find the shows for your taste. Whether it be Nerds of Unusual Origin, That Strange Show, Retro Red Octopus, Splash Pages, Throwdown Thursday, The Horror Squad, Still Token with my god, man! I can't read all of these! So just feel free to play and experiment with the Dorkening Podcast Network. There are over 30 shows chock full of nerdy goodness to sink your ears into. And they're all available on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever fine podcasts are broadcast. It's like I'm like strong vibes. So. Oh, I mean, the second Dar- Darren and I watched the preview for Rebel Moon together on YouTube. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. This came out. Uh, I just want to see the the preview. I just want to see what it looks like. And uh, we watched the trailer. And I'm like, I have no idea what this movie is about. And uh, also, I've already seen Sucker Punch. So do I need to see this? Because it really looks to be more of the same from that and yeah i really feel as though the lesson that the biggest lesson that should have been taken from the movie sucker punch as beautiful a looking movie as it is and as fantastic as the soundtrack is its story and dialogue is piss poor i like adam alone that's that's uh and uh who's who's the other one uh jamie Jamie, I like Jamie. I, I yeah, can't the last <laughs> Jenna Malone and Jamie, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, Jamie, the one who was also in um, Jamie Chung. Yes, yes, I, I like her a lot, and and um, I love when she was in Lovecraft Country, and I'm like, this is this is a good a good actress. I like I like her, and um, oh yeah, I mean, I I they, here's the thing, I like lots of people who are in that movie. Mm-hmm. I like John Hamm. I yeah, like Hamm. Oscar Isaac. Yeah, I. I, I like Jenna Malone to a point. I mean, I don't, I don't really see, I don't think she's like anything to bust out the stationer and write home to mom and dad about. Um, but she's a capable actress. I like Abby Cornish. I like Jamie Chung. You know, there's a lot of people in that movie that I, I Carla Gugino for crying out loud. I mean, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, there's, there's, there's like a metric ton of incredibly talented people in that movie, including Emily Browning. Like, she was doing her damnedest to play that role that was given to her um it's just the lesson that should have been taken from making the movie sucker punch is okay don't let Zack snyder write movies i um i don't disagree with that i mean we got what army of dead that he wrote army of the dead and then um what was the other one that was the same movie but without zombies Uh, army of thieves there you go <laughs> yeah, that fucking hurt. I, I'm like, oh, great. Now I can't you remember my dad. I can't remember my dad. No, I did not watch it because I saw Army of the Dead, and okay, yeah, that was enough for me. Um, 
And I, it I sucks liked, because I like the I li- acting in that movie, but again, I liked the I liked the guy who played the the character in Army of the Dead, but not enough to like almost immediately watch a prequel to it. Like that was I don't know, that was just like in regards to the that story a bridge too far for me and like uh could you the best give thing me... about army of the dead was how tignataro came in shot the movie entirely in a reshoot never met any of the actors never saw anybody else and they just completely replaced some ass wipe you know chris she delia is, i i just have to say she is a gem oh She's she so is good. a delight she tignataro did one of <sighs> I, I, I used to do stand-up back in the day, and even when it's easy, it's it's hard work to get to that point, you know? And she makes everything really look so effortless, and uh, that's largely attributed to, one, the fact that she is just endlessly funny. But she's so smart, and she's so dry. She has that, that Midwestern dry sense of humor through and through. I watched her drag a stool, a sitting stool, across the wooden stage floor of Conan for several minutes. And it was one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen in my entire goddamn life. Like, she started off saying, like, oh, yeah, I uh, I went to this show and I got ready to do my set and... Uh, I just moved the stool a little accidentally, like, you know, a little too hard on the floor, and it made this this noise like this, and uh, it's got a huge laugh, and it was it was this, and she she made this little, and the audience like giggled, and she's like, oh, that's uh, that's doing it for you too, huh? <laughs> All right, okay, and she just did that for like six minutes, pushed it in front of the desk and everything. I. I almost pissed my pants. It was absolutely <laughs> fucking brilliant. Like, there's not many people that can pull off just pushing a, a seat across a stage and make it uproariously funny. And she knocked it out of the fucking park. It was impressive, to say the least. Uh, and the fact that she was arguably one of the best parts of Army of the Dead, even with not having interacted with anybody else that was actually working together on the movie, I think speaks volumes. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Thankfully he won't be touching Batman ever again. So yeah. you, you mentioned dry either of you watching the new Dan Harmon uh, show uh, strange planet. We just watched the first episode of it right before this, right before recording yeah. this. I'm a final space guy. Is it anything like that? It, it, it's very, um, it's based off of a book and a web, uh, web cartoon. I'm assuming it's, it's animated, right? Animated. Yes. And they over explain everything. Like a <laughs> raccoon is a, uh, grayscale finger bandit. And, uh, uh, alcohol is mild poison. Yes. I would, Parents like drink, are, I would like to drink mild poison after work with you parents are life givers it's yes. uh it's very dry very funny uh it's cool uh, well, uh, it's what enjoyable. what uh station is it on uh hbo i think apple oh, sorry. tv oh apple tv oh, oh it's yeah. on apple okay i can watch it then because i don't i don't prescribe to hbo anymore but i did i did start watching i'm on the episode six of superman and lois now so oh nice how about my adventures with superman I'm on that too. Oh man, it's so effing good. Like I'm so mad at how good it is because I, I don't, and the, you know I'm not yucking anybody else's yum. It's just anime is not my my deal. And holy flirting schnit, like they combined the the sensibilities and style of anime with the mythos of Superman and gave it its own spin. Uh, that I'm I am just I am fucking here for it, man. They actually. They did one of the things that I've been saying for years should be the case if you're retelling the Superman mythos. And they did it like almost straight away in this first season. I was like, yes, okay. Are are you um are you surprised that this Lois hasn't won her first Pulitzer yet? Um 
I don't know. I don't know what a Pulitzer is because it's a Pulitzer. But yes, uh, they said Pulitzer so, on the on the. I, yeah, it's it's people do that all the time. Just for for anybody listening, it's Pulitzer. It's the Pulitzer Prize, not the Pulitzer Prize. Well, they, um, they actually also cover that in one of the episodes. That's why I was saying it, yeah, because oh, that's yeah, the yeah. Uh, the was it the the Legion, Legion of, Lois? of Lois? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you notice in the in the the Hall of Loises, Loises, whatever, um, that you could see different uh, animated versions of Lois from the decades in there? Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, they showed um, Dana Delaney's version of Lois Lane from Superman the Animated Series and Lois Lane from Max Fleischer's Superman serials oh, back in cool. the 40s. Yeah, I, I was like, that's that's dope. Can, um, can we just all agree that that Max Fleischer one is probably one of the greatest cartoons of all time? Like 100%. It's... I it's mean, like, the action and all that, like, I don't even think that they've achieved that again. You know, like maybe well, I mean, but like the rotoscope or the whatever. The rotoscope is so that, good. That's exactly what it is, man. It's the rotoscope. You know, it, it adds such a a believability, a verisimilitude to everything that's happening. Um, it's 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 fairly incredible. And also the fact that the Max Fleischer cartoons uh gave way to its own version of Superman's costume and insignia. Um, that for myself as a little kid, uh, I, I was given the Max Fleischer VHS, uh, because they sold them at the duty free that my grandmother would shop at, uh, all the time. And, uh, she got them for me though. <laughs> Is it duty free store something that's on like a cruise ship or something or like coast coast guard? Oh, okay. All right. That makes sense. Uh, Navy has it too, right? Yes. Cause there's, yeah. Um, but yeah, my father used to, used to bring it down to the, the Coast Guard base to, uh, to do her shopping. She could do that because she was a, a war widow from, uh, World War II. Uh, so nobody even remotely fucking questioned it. <laughs> but, uh, I used to go there all the time. Would? <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, but yeah, she got, she got me like all the Max Fleischer cartoons and a bunch of old Popeye cartoons on VHS oh, there. I do love old Popeye though. They're they're great. That's another one with like sim similar uh, sort of uh, action. Yeah, and little did I know as a as a as a young boy watching those that uh, essentially Superman and Popeye were were college roommates. <laughs> Christopher Reeve, and Christopher Reeve, and Robin Williams. Yeah, and Robin Williams. Yep. Yep. During, yeah. When they were in Juilliard. And Popeye made a cameo in uh, in the comics. He wasn't called Popeye. He was called Oh, uh, Bibbo. Yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> Generic Sailor Man. <laughs> strong Man or Strong Man Sailor Man, maybe? Spinach God. Uh, let's see. He is strong to the finish. I, I like the idea that, that Popeye could be a kaiju. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Right. Captain, oh, Captain Strong. That was his name. Oh, okay. Captain Maybe Strong. Strong's his last name. Popeye Strong. Maybe his last name is the Sailor Man. <laughs> it's that's his middle name. Oh, okay. His last name is Strong. They call me Popeye the Sailor Man Strong. Wow! Wow! Well, blow me Oh, down. look at that. He's he's wearing knickerbockers or something like that. <laughs> Going digging for clams. They called me crazy when I wore these high waters. Who's laughing now? Everything's <laughs> coming up, Millhouse. <laughs> my ankles I are soaked, start... but my shins are bone dry. <laughs> uh, I started collecting this uh, his uh, those cameos. I think I have uh, most of them. That's cool. I I had a friend that read every issue of Action Comics, which finding them in itself was a feat because they're not all collected in one issue. So it like, or one, uh, one outing, you have to like actually find them. So I think he was like ordering old ones and, and finding like archived ones, but he read one through a thousand. And I'm like, that is a, that's a feat. Wow. Like you think about how many hours that is like just to do that. And then he did it for an article. I'm like, Holy crap, man, that's a lot. Yeah. 
Like, what's the return on investment for something like that? You know, I don't know because I mean that sounds like the same kind of shit I pulled with Spawn, and it, it is, but it's seven hundred more issues. So. I mean, he probably gave himself time. Like he he didn't have like a deadline, or he wasn't pressed for time to do it. My dumbass was like, gotta do it all before issue 300, like a month and a, and a half before issue 300 comes out. Like, I don't know do he that, was doing it. He was doing it before the thousandth issue of Action Comics because that's when he was going to write his article. I don't know how much time he had, but I know he's a monster. So I'm just like, geez, how did you even find these? You know, so it's crazy. Yeah, that is that is bonkers that is yeah. cuckoo banana pants Just even even in like an omnibus or something like that i i think you can get chunks of it but you can't get the whole run i don't believe that makes sense yeah now leo just you know i don't want to i don't want to say anything because i know we're already recording per se but um the place that we usually pool our comic book reading resources yes. that drives what we do yep um are, I are put these in there no i was gonna say I, well, I'm, I'm if sorry. you're not sure then i'm gonna i'm gonna just oh no state no then because i looked i didn't see them i read them yeah i i, I, I got them myself um but uh yeah i i cannot pull them up but like i i left the stand for my tablet <laughs> in the, in my living room which i have to walk around this table now and dogs are already settled and wife has headphones in no need to upset the apple cart but uh all right just making sure i wasn't losing my mind that's really what it what it boils down to i, I just yes, want to thank you that. for picking these two uh because after two-face i just like you know what we need a win yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, like yeah. and and I mean we've been doing over in Comics Paradox we've been doing the the Millar verse you know and and it's like or the Miller verse or whatever and I'm like man we just we need a win. Yeah. <laughs> I count those as wins because yeah. um honestly like if everything's like smooth sailing and and you know lovey dovey then hey, okay great we all we all really enjoyed this but. Like I've said before, I think it's sometimes a little bit better when we we and the audience, you know, take a hard look at a story and go, so um, what? <laughs> like, it, it, I mean, that is that is most certainly the case with. I mean, Leo, you weren't there for Nemesis, but Justin and I were just. <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> I really wanted to like it. I really did. But it was just it was one of those things where I'm like, oh. Could he just not do that? And 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 Brandon's like Sir Miller, Lord of Edge, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Mark Miller, Lord of Edge. Yeah, it's totally true. And I was like, oh my god, yeah, he's like right there, and he's pushing for the sake of pushing. And I'm like, yeah. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, it wasn't like this when when Ultimates came out. You know, like this, that was well thought out. And it's like, that was fun. And I'm like, all right, there were some parts that, you know, push the, the narrative in a way that maybe, you know, okay, issue six was a bit rough, but it was like, ooh, okay, well, it gives depth of character to someone. And now everybody hates that character for that reason. You know, I'm going to, uh, I'm, I'm going to load uh, a book that I got on my tablet recently onto uh, our, our common resource, I, I will say. Um, and, uh, you, you, you know, you guys check it out at your leisure or what have you. It was a web series, um, done by Mark Wade and the name of it is insufferable. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, so do you know what insufferable is based on? Well, insufferable was the, uh, the other character from irredeemable that, um, uh, God, he's like the punk, you know, kind of, um, yeah, I, have, side I have a couple issues. Side, yeah, the sidekick gets a little bit too big for his britches, kind of deal. But uh, in the real world, do you know what Insufferable is based on? Uh, I can't think of it. Um, Mark Wade's observations of the relationship between Grant Morrison and Mark Miller. Oh, that's so funny. That is really funny. Mark Miller is the sidekick. Wow. So Grant Morrison is. Uh... <laughs> Who's Grant Morrison then? Is he irredeemable? 
Well, no, I mean, is I see, I haven't read it yet. I've, I've, I, I mean, I've, I've glanced at it here and there, but is insufferable set in the real, in the same world as irredeemable and, and, um, uh, uh, the, 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 I, what's, I the, thought, what's the other one? I thought he was the first villain that that the Plutonian fought or something like that. No, that you're thinking was... of a different you're thinking of a different oh, story. Okay. All right, I'm thinking of a different story then. Forget it. Yep. Um I no, I've read both of them. It's it's a it's a tie-in. It it runs concurrently with Irredeemable. Um Irredeemable comic book series. It's uh incorruptible. Incorruptible. Oh, that's, that's what I was thinking of. Okay. Yeah, um, I mean, it might take place just because of the fact, like, in irredeemable, incorruptible, insufferable. Um, but That's yeah, cool. it, it's uh, it's all about this uh, Batman type character and his sidekick, and then the sidekick is just like, I'm the fucking shit, and the Batman main hero is just like, dude, you're nothing, <laughs> you wouldn't be shit if it weren't for me. And um, it's a real mermaid man and barnacle boy story. Yeah, it's uh, I I found out recently in my my researching for different Miller stories that Mark Wade took a good hard look at what was going on between Grant Morrison and, and Mark Miller and was like, "Ooh, man, this is like watching Batman and Robin straight up actually have a falling out and never working together again. Oh, you know what? That'd make a great comic book. Let me do that. <laughs> and there you go. Um, for, the, for the record, out of every single one of them, I would read a Mark Wade book over any of those, including Grant Morrison. Like, I would read a Mark Wade book. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love Mark Wade. Uh, but the other thing, too, is, you know, Grant Morrison is someone who came from the UK. He's part of that vertigo wave. And, uh, you know, I can't fault him for the the era that he started writing comics in for you know comics during uh for dc and what have you and where he started doing it it was all bleak and black because you have to think about where the uk was for for a good stretch of time when when these guys and gals started making names for themselves i mean i, I like his stuff like for for the most part i like his stuff i've read his animal man i've read the batman stuff i've read you know i mean i'm it's a mixed bag about the x-men stuff but you know it's not terrible it's not the chuck austin run you know yeah which, but which followed it but so. i think grant morrison you know it, 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 what i find interesting is the fact that he'd started off with you know that very uh, sort of, for lack of a better term, stereotypical UK vertigo, vertigo style of yeah. writing. And we see him nowadays, and he is very much mired in the actual flights and tights superheroics of it all. And, and not for nothing, the guy clearly do doesn't just know it. He, 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 he loves it. Hmm. And he... He doesn't look down on the material that he is he is attempting to elevate, and, as and opposed I, to like an Alan Moore. We to a point, yeah. I mean, Alan Moore. I understand to a point his disillusionment with especially DC because they they fucked him so hard on Watchmen. However, I as much as I enjoy the comic book of Watchmen, I've said this before, as much as I enjoy the comic book of Watchmen, I, I still don't think it's like the best example of a comic book slash like graphic novel you could find out there. I, I, I really don't. Um, I think, I think the ending is, it, it's, it's truncated it it feels like it it just cuts short um and that's not to say like oh i need a full resolution it just it felt like rushed and for lack of a better term just kind of like tied up and and that was that um in sort of the same vein as whatever happened to the man of tomorrow uh you know that sort of like wink and nod to the yeah, audience exactly yeah 
And um, I, I feel like that that as as cutesy as it could be in the hands of a writer who you feel has a genuine um, affinity for these types of stories and characters. Uh, I don't get that from Alan Moore. I get from Alan Moore that he knows these things because he he once loved them as a lad. But as he got older, he was more interested in seeing, digging deeper and saying like, oh, what if we show that like this was a really fucked up individual and not really the hero that we thought altogether? You know, that's that's essentially what like Marvel Man is. That's you raise that's, a good question here, Brandon, too, and something you guys should bring up on Midweek Geeks. What is the best representation of like a, a either a graphic novel or a series that's collected and something like that? Because if it's not Watchmen, you know, what what is it? Like, is it Jeff Smith's bone? Like a lot of people have suggested, you know, because it very well might be, you know. Well, but, uh, I, I, think, I, think, I, think, I think I think I think I think genre plays a, a, a very big role in that uh, you can't I don't think you can you can out and out say like this is the definitive graphic novel. I think you have to look at this is the definitive X graphic novel. The okay. definitive Y graphic novel, like, you know, shooting, shooting from the hip. Um, like if, if I were to say, like, if you were looking for a diff, like, a, he, he, here's, here's a good example of a deconstructionist tale that doesn't end on a dour note whatsoever and actually gives way to the ideals that you start off the story think like applying to the main character irredeemable by mark wade yeah it's a great it's a great uh series i mean i i read the whole thing on your recommendation so i was just like that was great yeah and in you know the whole it, i think it it does the whole what if superman snapped story of and this is not a knock against tom taylor um, but I, th I think it does it. A hell I knew of we lot were going there, by the way. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, it, it does it a whole hell of a lot better than Injustice. Injustice, yeah. Um, it and then goes even further. And by the time you get to the last like four or five panels of that entire story, it's really a oh shit kind of moment. Like, not in a bad way whatsoever. It's like, oh damn. Like, there's so much shit that went down somewhere else that we just can't even comprehend before we ended up getting such a thing here. And that's all I can say without ruining it for anybody. I think I think there's a couple that I would throw in there and and maybe Leah would agree with me on this one, but I think in like if you're just going to take a self-contained arc and throw it in a graphic novel and say, "Here's an example of this genre." I would take Batman Court of the Owls. I would take Daredevil Born Again. I would take the Dark Phoenix saga, you know, um, or even just the self-contained story, God Loves, Man Kills, you know, so, something along those lines. Um, you know, I'm not as familiar with Superman, but I mean, it sounds like that John Byrne run was pretty cool. Yeah, Man of Steel. Um, yeah, Man of Steel. Through, so, the, only, the, only, the only thing about John Byrne's Man of Steel is um, just the fact, just the fact that he really does kind of push a little bit more on the oh i'm 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 from earth you know because this is this is where i was you know it, i get it. it it speaks to like larger themes that other people like want to glom onto yeah uh, i don't i don't mind that so much but i can see it for what it is um I do appreciate, though, that he didn't know anything about who he was until he started actually, like, unearthing some of the, you know, like, the spaceship and and all that stuff. Um, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. It, it, it kind of goes along with the idea of the 1978 movie where Clark learns about where he came from after he has the Fortress of Solitude constructed and he, yep. you know, goes off on, like, a mind bending seven years with his hologram space dad but uh <laughs> but played by sinbad right played played by sinbad <laughs> um 
but we are messed up individuals (laughs) but uh but but yeah uh that i mean that that was a really good one uh you know there's there's hellboy uh, seed of destruction i throw in there you know uh, there's there's lots of different things that you could that you could grab at um i i think though if you were if you were looking at marvel i think one of the best things you could give to someone and say here this gives you a view of all the stuff from marvel comics that you know you get to see like how it would be considered like so fantastic it would be marvels by kurt busiek and alex ross yeah absolutely that's that's one that i probably should not have overlooked because i've read it about seven times and i listened to the uh, voice acted podcast so which it, which they changed a lot but is yeah. is that the one where it's uh the marvel universe is like real in a different dimension or something no like that? no that's 1985 oh okay. um yeah no 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 uh I like that Mar- one too but it's yeah. not marvel's is marvel's is very much uh the the marvel universe as it starts in like 1939 um, the preview issue of Marvels by Kurt Busiek and Alex Ross actually had the origin of Phineas T. Horton's Human Torch Android. Yep. Um, and that le- like leads into what the series is proper, and it's about um, it's about a photographer who works for the Daily Bugle named Paul Sheldon. No, no, is it Paul Sheldon? Uh, it is either Paul or Phil. It's definitely a P name. I think it might be Phil. Um, but he is a photographer for the Daily Bugle. And over the course of several decades, he is, he just happens to be like Johnny on the spot for a shitload of milestone events. Oh, God. Like when he's there, when Galactus comes out, blows oh, your freaking head open, man. You're well, just like, stand- what? Yeah. <laughs> He's standing on the roof of the bugle and he's taking photographs as Namor is about to throw a fucking mile high tsunami at New York City. Like it's, you know, it's it's a really good series. And you actually see his little interactions with like Peter Parker because Peter's like a new freelance cub you know photographer and he's kind of <laughs> looking for some advice and he's like how do i deal with jay jo- with with jonah and he's like uh don't <laughs> like yeah just- they, they definitely have a different dynamic than peter and jonah so yeah it's it's pretty cool it's a, it's yeah. a good book if you haven't read it yeah it, that, it really that is. is the precursor to um to kingdom come so that that is why kingdom come exists mm-hmm. because alex ross and mark wade work together or kurt Busiek work together yeah, and and that's another thing. I mean, Kurt Busiek. I mean, if you if you want to take a look at something that pays homage to uh, all the Silver Age stuff, and it it leans into what we would could easily consider to be goofy, but it still sticks with the the fantastic side of things. Is Astro City? If if ever somebody was like, I don't know, I'd be like, listen, if you can read Astro City and be like, all right, I kind of dig this because especially because it's chopped up into different segments, then I'd say like, oh, if you like this, then you're going to love Fantastic Four books. If you like this, then you're going to love Batman books. If you like this, then you're going to love Superman books. There's a lot of that throughout the entire run of that series, and it's done on purpose. And that is probably one of the most definitive, non-character specific yet pastiched books that that I could possibly think of. Leo, I, I wanted to get your opinion on this because we we were yeah. throwing some out there. What what do you think would make this list of uh, you know uh, uh, graphic novels that could be like a collection or or something like that of a run? But like, what would you include here? Uh, well. Definitely uh, emotion has a big play into it, you know, and for me, you know, obviously I'm not as comic in depth as, as you all. Um, yeah, you've read more 
current Batman comics than anyone else I know. Yeah. So, you know, it's <laughs> like I own them all because I bought them and I'm still far behind. So uh, I would oh, yeah. not make that claim. Yeah, yeah. same here. I, I got them all in the closet. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I can't say. But I, I, as of like graphic novels, I would definitely add to a must read. Like American yeah. Alien is, a, is really good. Mm -hmm. uh, I highly recommend that. Um, Who's that by? Max Landis. Oh, okay. Superman American Alien. Oh, that's, oh gotcha. that's, that's the name of it. Yeah. I I really like this one that you guys talked on uh, splash pages. The um, the doctor or no, the Doctor Apria first appearance with uh, Darth Vader, and I is it the Kyrian? Um, oh, yeah. That, I don't know uh, what series that was. Um. I don't know if it's the ultimate, you know, of, of whatever, but it definitely sticks out to me as memorable. Like I would read that again, you know, that Darth yeah. Vader series. Yeah. The Darth Vader series. Well, both that and star Wars, like the first run, uh, both were really good. You know, like Luke's first, uh, meet up with Darth Vader. Uh, you know, Luke says you killed my father and Darth Vader says, I I've killed many fathers. You need to be more specific. Oh wow, or, or, okay. or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> a different vibe. He starts he start speaking in a Raul Julia type accent. He goes, "Oh, how terrible and tragic that was for you, but for me, that was Tuesday." Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, Poor Chen yeah. Lee. <laughs> yeah, watch your ass, Raul. Ming Na is gonna kick your ass. Yeah. Um. Yeah, a, a lot of the independent stuff is is has been really good too. Like, um, we read recently, "What's Killing the Children" was oh was something's incredible, the or so, something's killing the children. Yeah. yeah, that that is a like that book should not be as good as it is, and then you're like, holy crap, mm. Saga! Like, I just read, uh, oh my, god. I just read book ten of Saga. Oh my god, <laughs> I love Saga. I'm just like I'm I'm biding my time. I'm just building building it up, building it up. Well, I waited. I, will, I waited for number ten, and now I've got to wait for number eleven. <laughs> like, damn it! <laughs> I will. I will say uh, one one series that um, I would absolutely include because once again, it, it, much like Kurt Busiek did with uh, the Silver Age for the most part, uh, and the 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 author has been, <laughs> and I'm being diplomatic here problematic over the past couple of years um just for allegations and stuff but uh warren ellis planetary oh yeah, um, yeah that is that is one it's 27 issues long and it took like 11 years to finish it well worth the wait um at some point i do want to just have us be able to take the time to and i'm telling you once you start reading it you will buzz through it because is there an omnibus for that there is okay i'm actually going to add that to my my list right now um it is absolutely fucking amazing it's uh it's written by warren ellis it's drawn it's illustrated by john cassidy and it is uh colored by laura martin and the three of them work in such perfect synchronicity it's almost disgusting wow, like actually oh nice all 27 but, issues yeah i'm getting that actually right now yeah um does it is it only 20 is it only the 27 issues or does it also include uh let's see what it says it says b -b 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 all 27 issues of the original series collected in this hardbound omnibus that's it uh looks like it yeah oh okay is there a better version you think i uh, know i mean they only released the omnibus like a couple of years ago like two or three years ago um but the only reason I say that is because, I mean, if it says all 27 issues, if it doesn't include issue zero, which was the preview issue, that's that's a misstep. But also there were uh, a couple of crossovers that take place that I would most assuredly include in anybody's read through of Planetary. There's a uh, Planetary Batman Night on Earth. There's Planetary the authority rule the world uh and then there's um 
JLA Planetary Terra Occulta. I think I have uh, at least two of those. Yeah, the the JLA one is really interesting. You guys love it because Batman is such the ultimate fucking good guy in that one. <laughs> I would like that. <laughs> Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Are you a fan of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic books? Then Epic Tales from the Sewers is a podcast for you. We cover the comic books, video games, movies, cartoons, and anything else turtle-related. We talk about the toys, we talk about the cereal, we talk about all the fun things about turtles that we love so much. So give a listen. You can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and more. Check out Epic Tales from the Sewers, part of the Epic Airways podcast network give a listen dudes cowabunga is this podcast for you um but yeah it's uh it's an incredibly well done series and if you know anything about comic books movies pop culture pulp heroes going all the way back to the 30s and even even further back sometimes with with popular characters from like turn of the century novels, such as Bram Stoker's Dracula or Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's Sherlock Holmes. Um, you are, you will be in for a, a fucking wild ride, man. It's, it's stupendous. I, I thought to myself once that I'd sit down and try to write a list out of every single like reference to these different types of heroes uh, throughout the entirety of the series and I gave up because I was just like this is taking the fun out of it for me I don't I want someone else to do it um, but yeah like for example there's a character in it from the 30s and he's clearly based on like a pulp hero his name is Doc Brass oh yeah <laughs> and he's if you know anything about pulp heroes pulp fiction not the Quentin Tarantino movie. Um, he is based on Doc Savage, Man of Bronze. Um, there's another guy who <laughs> he's uh, known as um, Lord Blackstone. And he wears like a nice ascot with a purple jacket and stuff. And he's like a long haired, square jawed, very muscular man, very agile. Uh, and he is was uh born of british aristocracy but he he actually uh survived a shipwreck and grew up on an island not so much by himself but being raised by the indigenous uh mammal mammalian life on that L island lord greenstroke perhaps or <laughs> yeah lord, lord greystoke yes it is <laughs> it is tarzan um but there, yeah, there it, is a great um there is a great Tarzan crossover with Batman actually by Ron Mars. Uh, Tarzan was a property owned by Dark Horse at one point, and uh, they did they uh, in the Dark Horse crossover um, with Batman is pretty good. They did one with Superman too. Oh, they, geez, I think I might have that if that's the case because I've got the Dark Horse Superman crossover. Tarzan too. Superman Sons of the Jungle. Nice. I didn't know it's that off the top of my head. I know I know that because it's that, Superman uh, in an Elseworld. Yeah, I'm like, does that fall in Elseworlds? <laughs> I believe it did have an Elseworlds logo on it, but Damn, we, should, uh, we should read that one then. That's pretty cool. Well, I mean, it's not the it's not like the first time they've done something like that because like Superman Alien was kind of in that same vein. Dude, the the Green Lantern one was really cool with, and it was all Kyle, and I was like, yes, finally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, and no how, yeah. <laughs> fucking hell dude I, I just don't get it i think the I, first one was hell the second one was was kyle but it was so much better <laughs> was uh was the batman one claws of the Catwoman? i think it was actually i can tell you um i got it right here just move uh scarecrow 
All right, let's see what we got. Now, this is mostly the Superman one. Let's see what I got. Superman. Yeah, Superman uh, Tarzan, uh, Sons of the Jungle. Nice. On that one. Uh, speaking of Green Lantern, and I know we, we should start uh, really soon. Uh, for some reason, this popped up uh, in my feed today. Have you heard of Legends of the Superheroes? Legends of the uh, Legends of the Super. I, I mean, I, uh, I feel, I feel like I want to say yes, but let me hear what your description of it is first, and then I will. Confirm. So, uh, yeah, uh, Legends of the Superheroes is the umbrella title for two sixty-minute live-action television television specials produced by Hanna Barbera yes. Productions. I know what you're talking heard. about. Yep, I know yep. exactly oh what you're God. talking about. I saw a part of it today. It was oh my God. How about that Solomon Grundy, huh? Well, yeah, I, I, I just saw a Green Lantern and then uh, Adam West Batman is in it. Um, yep. Sinestro. And he looks kind of like Mel Blanc. You, you're, <laughs> ta you're talking about the, the live action thing, right? Yeah. Oh, yep. yeah. Fucking god awful. In, indeed, this is uh, Batman Tarzan Claws of the Catwoman. Yep. There we go. So, yeah, I, I know a few things about a few things. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean the the fact that they they jumped back and grabbed uh, Adam West, Burt Ward, and I think Frank Gorshin to play the Riddler. Um, it, yeah, it just wasn't it wasn't helping with the whole like if you're trying to take it seriously. Oh, and it was all hosted by fucking Ed McMahon. Like, <laughs> Did you see that look on his face? He's so angry. <laughs> it's just. <sighs> oh, he says, Betty, to buy a special way. Did he want you to buy publishers clearing the house? Buy this dog food. <laughs> just fucking terrible. Just god awful. Um, yeah. Why did you. Like, how did. Why? I don't. You I know? don't. I Meme don't. came up with Sinestro. I saw that, and it said which one played it better. And I'm like, are they serious? And it was, it was the guy that played Sinestro versus uh, Mark Strong. And I'm like, you could say what you want about the 2011, you know, uh, Green Lantern movie, but you cannot narc or, or knock uh, Mark Strong at all for anything. Oh, somebody was doing a review of it on YouTube. That's how it popped no. up on my feed. Yeah. yeah. That's one of those movies that you find for bootleg next to the Roger Corman Fantastic Four. Yep. Now, and, Leo, and, Fantastic and Four see, is the and see, yeah, and see four people. <laughs> yes, with cosmic rays uh, on a rocket uh, ship with bad uh, shielding. You see, they're roommates. So and <laughs> then they, when they zap, and Johnny's plummet, the younger brother, flame on, and. <laughs> Eventually, Herbie, but no one cared. See-through brick. Uh, okay, we'll, we'll get this started. But real <laughs> all quick, of uh, that. What do you got? Oh, fantastic. look at that! Fantastic. Is that three D printed? No, 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 no. This is the new uh, Micro Galaxy. No, oh, it's two D printed. <laughs> sorry. Well, te uh, technically, I, I did only see the side of it, so it could <laughs> right. Be right. Sorry. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. It turns it turns uh you know the other way and it's it's completely thin as paper. <laughs> uh, uh, that's pretty cool. It's a ATAT. -AT? Yeah, they have an Imperial shuttle. I'm trying to find. Cool. Uh, yeah, the micro galaxies are really cool. They're super detailed. Is that a Haslab thing or? No, no, no. It's um, it's some new company. Um, very similar to like the old micro machines. Oh, okay, cool. Leo, yeah. I, I real quick, real quick, I got, I got to ask you a, a Star yeah. Wars question, and, and and then we can put a button on this. But, um, I, I watched like uh, like a couple of videos, um, totaling up to like forty-seven minutes, that covered everything that I would need to know going into uh, ah, ah, Ahsoka. All right. Yep. Um. The, my first takeaway after the totality of both of those videos was, wow, I'm glad I didn't watch all that shit because I still really don't fucking care. But Fair. secondly, from what I can surmise, Ezra Bridger, right? First of yep. all, first of all, fuck everyone at Lucasfilm for their quote unquote clever names. Bridger, really? Come on, buddy. 
the the world between worlds is found by the guy named Bridger. Blow me. But uh like pretty soon they're they're just gonna fucking get lazy and like, oh, this is the newest villain, Darth Bad Guy. <laughs> it's bad <key. laughs> But uh it's pronounced bad jai. But uh Return of the Bad Jai. <laughs> Revenge of the Bad Jai. But uh he was a teenager, like a like a 18, 19 year old when he yeah. disappeared with the space whales and shit, right? Yeah, so he was so why the kid, fuck was he a grown uh, man in that hologram in that stupid show? I don't know. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't blame you. I'm not blaming well, you. Well, I'm just saying. Actually, no, sometimes up. I feel like you do blame Leo for Star yeah, Wars. You know what? You know what? You know what it is? It's because Leo <laughs> is one of the diehard die Star Wars fans. And I'm like, you know what? This is all of your fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, you know, he was he was older when the space whales happened. Uh, he he was a kid when everything started. Like we like, talking about Trek now, or what are we talking about Star Wars? Star Wars. Star Wars. We're still talking about yeah. Star Wars. So 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 where Ahsoka takes place, that um, uh, that like two lane highway that they spent a long time on, that's yeah. like where all of um, not Clone Wars, that other show, uh, Rebels. Rebels. Yeah, that's Rebel, where Rebel. that that started off. That's where they found Ezra. He was a kid on that planet. And oh, yeah. No, like no, no. I, I, yeah. I know. I started this off by saying I watched 47 minutes of everything you need to know before watching Ahsoka. I'm just saying, like, inconsistencies that I've noticed in between this summation and viewing the live action show. Because there's been clearly a number of years that have passed since Ezra up and into the ether with the fucking space whales. I can't even believe that's a fucking thing I just said. But X-Men did it first. <laughs> of course they did. Um, <laughs> but like I'm looking at Sabine, who I can't outside just from watching the show, I can't fucking stand already. Um, <laughs> as a character, I just mean as a character, like she sucks. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh she's watching this hologram, and I'm just like, why is this dude like considerably older than what he was represented as when he disappeared it's just is it freddie prince jr playing the role no oh okay he said now, he won't also, he won't actually have anything to do with any of that stuff he did what he did and he's he's good and i don't blame him because yeah. freddie prince jr if 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 i ever if i ever come across that guy I, i'd be like dude can i just buy you a beer not even because i'm like a huge fan of star wars but because of the fact that like you really tore it down and made sense of it and said my favorite phrase to all the whiny star Wars babies out there. And that is shut the fuck up flat I mean, out. He, he had me at Fred. So yeah, he, no, he fucking, he gives like a, I'll, I'll find the link for you. He gives like a seven to eight minute long, like, like throw down explanation. He's like, you can't argue with me on this because all of this that I'm saying to you right now was explained to me by Dave Filoni and George Lucas. These are the two people who told me all of this. This is how the force works. This is what this story is. And I'm like, I listened to the whole thing and I was like, yeah, you know what? That's solid. 100%. I back everything the dude just said and everything else that anybody has to complain about. It's noise. Like he 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 was pretty definitive, and I respect the hell out of that because he was not trying to like play both sides of the fence and be like, oh, you know, I don't want to upset anybody because everybody has their own blah blah. When he like the second I hear anybody like, well, you know, some people have their own head cannons. Fuck your head cannon. How about that? <laughs> hey, wait a minute. You have all kinds of head cannons. <laughs> but I don't apply it to the <laughs> okay. things that actually occur. You no. know, I don't look at something and go, well, you see, the way I think is the way it should have gone. No. No, I say like, oh, you know, if I had done it, I would have approached it like this. There's a world of difference. That, it, that's it, actually one of my favorite parts of this show is when you you tell me how you would have changed something or something like that. So, yeah, and but but that's that's not like I'm not I'm not trying to like. Disparage. You're not a Star Wars fan, Brandon. It's okay. Like, yeah, I, you're you're not that guy. 
Yeah, exactly. Like I, I'm not, I'm not sitting there and getting down on something because they didn't do exactly what I would have done. No, that's, that's silly. And why would you go out of your way to quote unquote, enjoy something if all you're going to do is tear it apart because it didn't meet your unreasonably high expectations. I'm looking at all of you people who can't see me looking at you because <laughs> this is just audio and we don't, we haven't, we haven't posted videos anywhere yet, <laughs> yeah. but it's coming. <laughs> He's pointing his finger. There's a waggle. <laughs> did, did we ever get to Leo's answer of that question? Uh, uh, well, I, I, I was going to ask, like, and I need to rewatch it, but it, I vaguely remember him, the way he was talking, sounded like he already, like, it was past the time that he, like, took the space whale trip. What was? His his hologram message, like, he talked about like that him doesn't make sense. They're they're looking or... they're looking for him because he disappeared. I, I, I know they're I know, I know they're looking for the him. Space whales. I need to rewatch it because something something irked me that didn't make sense with that video. Oh, you know what it was? Um, you know what it was? The whole thing. Star, Star Wars. That's what it was. <laughs> uh, like they I'll, all started, I'll it. They all started fighting in space. I was like, oh shit! It's not just a clever title. Yeah. Uh, the space whales have already been shown, by the way. They were in, uh, I think, Boba Fett. Oh, I thought you were going to say Star Trek, but yeah, sure, Boba Fett. Yep, it's true. Yeah, checks out. Yep, not Boba Fett. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember that. I gotta say, I mean, I've been watching all the Star Wars stuff that's been coming up, minus the animated shows. I really just don't have fucking time for that. I, I do not. There's um, a lot of it. Yeah, I, I really don't. There's 127 hours of fucking animated shit. I'm good like that's time i'd have to account for when i die and i'm all set um but <laughs> but you know after watching all the stuff that's been showing up on disney plus and the movies that came out and having gone through and watched like all the the new trek stuff on paramount plus mm-hmm. i gotta say like i never ever thought in a million years that i'd be someone that was like Oh, Star Trek so much. I like Star Trek so much more than than Star Wars. But God damn it, I'm pretty sure I really fucking like Star Trek so much more than Star Wars now. I've been it's, saying this for years, man. Star, Star so, Trek versus Star Wars. Star Trek is about sex. And and if you don't think that's true, look at the relationships in there. And Star Wars is about religion with laser swords. Well, also, Star Wars have, has just been tossed into the mud you know there's been some good stuff but there's definitely been some stuff that like what the fuck were they thinking you know whereas like star trek definitely had some lulls definitely had some downtime yeah but those are episodes not series you know it's like that's that's the whole thing and they try to make it so prestigious where it's like oh you only have this little bit here but it's like i i can tell you genuinely i enjoy parts of the the prequels i enjoy all of the uh you know, the original trilogy. And then I enjoy a good amount, if not all of the new trilogy, but I'm not a classic star Wars fan. I'm a star Trek fan. And I'm like, it's good that this exists. Now I'll go watch 1986 Dune. You know, it's like, yeah. Well, you know, for, for for me, for me, like I saw all the prequels when they came out in the theater. Uh, Mm -hmm. I, I love the original trilogy. Um, and I really, I felt like, um, episode two attack of the clones i mean phantom menace i understood what they were trying to start up i just feel like the little kid wasn't the right pick then not that mean not that that means anybody should have gotten down on a fucking child for the casting choice that was made by an adult like that whole thing is fucking gross and one of the first like first inclination first implications that the Star Wars fandom has a lot of toxicity in it. Uh, but Attack of the Clones, uh, I had a, <laughs> I, I was very much like Han Solo when they released the title for that movie. Because <laughs> right away I was like, I got a bad feeling about this really kid. <laughs> and uh, then I saw it and I was like, oh, this movie was a big fat nothing burger. The, this, uh, I, there is a whole lot here that, 
Like you guys gave me fucking C-SPAN Intergalactica in fucking episode one. And then Attack of the Clones is is like behind the scenes of Operation Desert Storm at this point. Like, are you fucking serious? And then Revenge of the Sith, I was like, oh, look, stuff is happening now. You know, all the stuff that we thought was going to be happening over three movies. Yeah, it's happening in this movie. Like, wow, you sure like CG, Mr. Uh, Mr. Lucas. Mr. Lucas, <laughs> I know, right? Who is this film guy? They keep giving this guy Lucasfilm all this power. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it. But th- the thing is, like when Force Awakens came out, uh, I I loved it. It felt very much in the same vein as the original trilogy, and it had I, humor, you know, yeah. which, which they didn't do in the first ones. Really, they they did yeah. like slapstick, but it, it didn't work. Yeah. Um, but it, it had like wry sarcastic humor, which you actually did get like some in the original trilogy, especially in yes. the interactions between Leia and Han. And even even Luke was was kind of a smart ass, you know. Oh, he's definitely, yeah. You know, and um it, it just it felt more organic and connected to the story that was being told from four, five, and six. And I did appreciate the the seeding of what the plot was going to be like that's that's like 101 for the first chapter and you know a you know a story and um then last jedi came out and listen i understand subverting expectations i really do but there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it and i feel that last jedi just from a storytelling point of view not because i had my hopes and dreams pinned on anything at all just from somebody who respects and loves art of storycraft the baby was thrown out with the bathwater on that movie um i mean i think you know a lot of people like to point to you know princess leia general leia general organa doing her mary poppins thing out in space uh my like i think the the biggest implications of what that movie was and and how it was not taken seriously for being part of a greater story a a, a greater whole was the very first scene where we see luke just throw the lightsaber over his shoulder and the entire canto bite sequence that entire thing it was absolutely wasted time it wasted the audience's time it wasted narrative time um and then people like to shit on rise of the skywalker but they had to fucking pick up the pieces and finish out the story that Ryan Johnson walked in and just smashed on the floor. How on earth is that fair and working in a collaborative spirit for the totality of a story being told and completed? It's not. And I personally would never want Ryan Johnson to work on any kind of thing like that if I were in charge ever again. You know, like he let him that knives let, out money. He's good. Yeah, let him let him do his thing. That's fine. But like that is a dude who I don't think he should have been allowed to come into play with the toys in that sandbox because that's a Joel Schumacher uh, comment right there. You know. Yeah. 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 But at least Joel Schumacher apologized for the shit that he did. You know, whereas Ryan Johnson's like, oh, I was about subversion. I was subverting expectations. Oh, yeah, how everyone expected it to be, like, a good movie that connected two chapters, the one before it and the one coming after, and how you didn't do that at all. Yeah, mission accomplished, bud. <laughs> you uh, you should, and I know we got to get to uh, the episode, but um, Mark Hamill had a good post about how he fought with him about, you know, where he was leading Luke Skywalker. Like trying to tell him, like Luke Skywalker wouldn't do that. You know, it's uh, yeah, I forgot where he put it. Might have been on like a Twitter thread or something. I, like I do, I do actually know what you're talking about. I've I've seen it before, and yeah, I mean, listen, if it were somebody coming in off the street and they were they were inhabiting this character and it was all being forged and formed right there, then 
absolutely the director has every right in the world to just flat out be like, no, this is how it's being done. When you have someone that's been playing the character since 1977, shut up. Yeah. And, and shame on, was it Kathleen Kennedy that was uh, in charge of everything at that point? Still is. I thought I thought that she gave that up to uh, Favreau and um, Nope. No, she, oh, she's still in charge. Yeah, that's one of my biggest sticking points with people that like to complain about Kathleen Kennedy is the fact that like everyone when Star Wars has been like for for the fans like it ha- it's had stuff that they really really like they love it and when it's had stuff that they really don't. It's Kathleen Kennedy. You should be fired. It's like, you realize that she's the one that's in charge of all the stuff that you liked too. Right. I I will admit to liking the Mandalorian more than any other star Wars. Uh, So if, if, if she gets credit for that, great. But I mean, just like in terms of like editorial writing the ship stuff, I would, I would put her up there with Lucas for letting what happened happen. You know, hmm. so and it's well, like if they get if they get final say in it and they're like, well, oh, we're going to let Ryan do what he wants. I mean, that's that's on them. I think I think there's a certain point where they have, quote, final say, you know, I mean, they are still owned by Disney and what Disney says goes. And we're seeing that increasingly with Marvel, Lucasfilm and Pixar. That's why we're getting. I don't even know what the what the next Marvel movie is going to be, you know. The the Marvels. Oh, okay. So that's supposed to be come out and all that. Yeah, I. I oh, am... But they did release a encyclopedia of the Marvel universe. Is Whoopie this uh, a movie? No, no, no. It's a uh, a big encyclopedia book. Uh they they released the trailer today. Oh, uh, I'm like, that sounds like a splash pages thing, Leo. Yeah. <laughs> Check out our sister show, Splash yeah. Pages, every Tuesday night on the Dorkening <laughs> Podcast Network. Uh, but for Batman, uh, you know what? We'll 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 crank it off and we'll crank through these. I, I know, uh, Brandon, you got a time frame. So we'll yeah, we'll, we're really we'll, good at cranking stuff. Wait, what? Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. Crank man, Popeye. <laughs> <laughs> 